happening now on The Revolution. Jim and Trav are setting their sights on Upland Game, and thankfully, some industry pros are reaching out to give them a hand. So the boys will tackle the effects of widespread drought on game birds, loss of CRP, they'll nail down the top three states in the nation for upland hunting, and they'll also get the scoop from Federal on some new 2012 loads, plus which choke tubes you should really be using. And it's all brought to you by Zeiss at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. And now, here's Jim and Trav. Uh, we are talking about upland hunting on today's show. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Revolution. Uh, Jimmy, how's it going, buddy? Hey, going great. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you didn't ask me. That was mean. Uh, you how always are you do doing? that. I'm doing just fine now. Uh, Miss Buddy is in the studio. How you doing, Mr. Buddy? We like good. You. Why You're are good. you here, young lady? Um, I you have, love me. I have a challenge. Oh, what, what kind of challenge are you talking about? For you and Jimbo. Ooh, this like- is uh, this is Miss Bunny's 2012 Upland Game Challenge. It's Bunny's 2012 Upland Challenge. Like there a, will a be duel? no there will be no winners and losers because I have no good way of um, really naming a winner and loser. So all I can tell you is that you'll both get dinner tonight. Well, no, hold on a second. There's questions we have to answer, correct? Yes, yes. If I get more right, you can have then some clearly you can have I'm some the winner. Rights. Okay. If Jim does as I think he's going to do, he's going to get more wrong. That would make him a loser. Either way, you're both getting chicken noodle soup right. tonight, so I don't really care. All right. But anyway, how about this? Can we, do, do we get lifelines on this? What is this? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yes, I well, think it. Yep, that's how it works. I think so, but I'm not I'm not exactly sure how your lifelines are going to work, because you're going to have to yell really loud in this soundproof studio. <laughs> we do have a phone line. Well, true. Let's Moving on. Anyways, moving on. Your game already that's not, sucks. That's not Later part of Let's play. Day. Come on, let's play. That's not part of my challenge. Okay, ready? Bunny's 2012 Upland Challenge. Let's do it. It's Bunny's 2012 Upland Challenge. Okay. What is the incubation period for pheasant eggs? 18 days. 21. 21 days? The actual incubation period for eggs, is, for pheasant eggs, is 23 days. I'm closer. After incubation begins, the eggs will hatch. So I do know this. Once they start hatching within 24 hours, all the fertile eggs will hatch. I yes, do know that much. True. So do I win? If you want to call that one for yourself, I go will. Ahead. Okay. One on Even though you gave me. a wrong answer, you <laughs> yeah. still win. I was closer than you. Okay. Doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> All right, we're good. Baker, baker, baker. Okay. How many species of quail are there? Six. Name them. How many? I Jimmy. think there's eight. Name. Eight. <laughs> name them. Obama's adding states and you're adding more quail. <laughs> that's it. That's name it. Them, uh, name Bob them. Bob White quail. Bob White. Mearns. California quail. Scaled or blue quail. Okay. Can you can you name four more? <laughs> yeah, the uh, ga- gambrel you- quail. Mm-hmm. Okay, Get there's five. Arizona. And then finally, the top hat quail. You said gambrel. That's a roof. Gamble. Gamble quail. Gambrel is a is a roof style. Well, so I went to Grambling University. You, so. you actually named four out of the supposed eight. How many are there? I said there, six. There are six. So okay. that's right. Uh, he, he said gambrel, but it's it's gamble, but close enough. And then the last one is mountain quail. So I won that one, fair and square, because I guessed six and he guessed eight. Okay. Will you say I'm the winner on that one? You're the winner. Yes! <laughs> Okay. Eight I can't quail? wait for the third and final How long final have you one? been hunting quail? I knew there was an eight. You know what? I just eat them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Third yeah, and final good. question. Okay. Let's do it. Prairie chicken mating grounds are commonly referred to as this. The doing it grounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking probably Holiday Inn. Yep. Holiday Inn. That's a good one. I don't think they have that kind of money. Or La Quinta. La Quinta. Especially for those gambo quail. Yes. Um, what's the question again? <laughs> 
You already gave your answer. No, that was a joke. That was a joke. I, I think I won that one. No, come on. It's called, I know this. It, it's Prairie called, chicken mating grounds are common, really, commonly referred to as this. A lack. Yes. That's right. Or in nickname, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, booming Commonly grounds. referred to as. Yeah, booming grounds for greater prairie chickens and gobbling grounds for lesser prairie chickens because of the sounds they make as they're doing their little ritual mating dance, you know? Now, I do know this for a fact that let's say you have all these guys. They all go back to the same, you call them booming grounds, right? Yep. They all go back every spring, correct? Yes. And uh, they put on this ritual. They make, they, they do the fights. They, they make puff up noises. their chest. Is it their tail that they, they point their tails or is it feathers by their head that they point? Not that, a clue. Uh, anyways, basically, Basically, they have all these, their throat, these yeah, competitions, so. and, the, and the two boys. Greater Prairie Chickens. Greater Prairie. Whichever, the, the top ones that win the most battles do 90% Who of the breeding yeah. on. Simon uh, Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually one of the guys out there puffing <laughs> off his chest. No, they do 90% of the breeding on the um, booming grounds, correct? Yes. Yes. Did you know that. Pheasants. I didn't know she's adding another thing. I'm not. I'm just. Well, it was a tie. Pheasants are yes. one of the prairie chickens' biggest um, threats. Threats because pheasants go in and lay their eggs on top of prairie chicken nests. The pheasant eggs hatch. The prairie chickens come back and see that the eggs have hatched and think that their eggs have hatched when they really haven't, and they leave and they are no longer incubated until the eggs die. That's no different. Like in the morning when I bring donuts to the studio, Jim comes and sits on my so I don't eat it. <laughs> Same thing applies. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so are we done here? Yes, we're done. Can we declare me as the winner? If you want a self-proclaimed winner, Just sure. call me the winner, please. You're the winner. <laughs> Jimmy, playing second fiddle again, buddy. I have lost again. <laughs> All right, so in this week's Ram Power Block. Ram Power Block. Gordy Cron from the North American Hunting Club will phone in at 785-846-7647, and then we'll be joined by famed outdoorsman Ron Spomer, Pheasant and Quail Forever's Bob St. Pierre, Tim Brand with Federal Ammunition, and finally Scott Carlson from Carlson's Choke Tube. Yeah, plus old Mark will uh, hit up the mailbag. But you know, uh, perfect timing, Gordy Cron, a little while ago there in uh, North American Hunting Club's magazine, North American Hunter, uh, wrote a great article regarding uh, prairie chickens. Bunny just quizzed us, so we're like yeah, we're up to we're, date yeah, we're, we're on for this interview. the greater and lesser prairie chickens. Actually, I am since I won that whole. <laughs> that was a very hard competition. It was grueling, and I yeah. won it hands yeah. down. Yeah, and I lost it hands down. And I didn't <laughs> care. Ooh, Casey the Sunshine Band. Do a little dance. Make, Make a little love. <laughs> now, Gordy, um, you're going way back on that one. <laughs> uh, prairie chickens. A lot of people have not hunted uh, prairie chickens. You got the greater Nor prairie chicken seen and the lesser prairie chicken. Kind of tell us about these, Gordy. Well, I kind of refer to them all just as prairie grouse because you kind of find, you know, prairie chickens and sharp tails in the same habitat. Yeah, you do. And I'm a prairie chicken junkie. Um, <laughs> He's I just addicted. can't get enough of hunting those prairie birds. Now, I personally have never hunted a, I, I never have a prairie chicken. I've, I've seen them before, never had the opportunity. Now, are they kind of fragmented across the Midwest here? Um, what where are the are populations like? Yeah, where are they concentrated? Um, yeah, they are um, kind of fragmented. Their populations have declined over the years. And really the hot spots now are kind of that breadbasket area. Um, Nebraska, I go there every year. It's excellent hunting. Uh, the grasslands in South Dakota, um, good news there is there's just a ton of public ground to hunt. I go out there every year. So, you know, pretty much in that Midwest grasslands um, 
prairie country, uh, the sand hills in Nebraska. That's where you're going to find them. Now, I'm actually looking at a picture. Is Do you always let your dogs drink out of your water bottle, Gordy? I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't want you to backwash. <laughs> now, that's... And the tip there is, boy, if you're going to hunt those early seasons out hey, there in bingo. the prairie, it's going to be hot. And you better be packing a lot of water for your dogs. Yeah. Now, you run, uh, what, French Britneys? I got uh, American Britneys. American Britneys. Yeah, we don't like those French people anyhow. Nah. <laughs> French Canadians yeah, are from the good old place. They're just... They, they have a different slant on things. They're not my style. Now, you just came back from a recent trip uh, doing some upland hunting. Where'd you go, Gordy? And what'd you get? I took a huge road trip. I took one of my dogs out to Utah. I drove from Minneapolis. Really? Um, but I was out there hunting a variety of birds. But I was uh, mainly trying to get one of my bucket list birds, and that's the blue grouse. I've never hunted them before. Really? I really? wanted to, so this was my opportunity. Yeah, aren't those the kind that you can actually kill with a stick? Um, that wasn't my experience. <laughs> <laughs> what I what hear bird that, is he talking like about? Bruce grouse were there. <laughs> They're not a real pressured bird, yeah. so they really aren't uh, too concerned about people. They see a lot of elk hunters, I'm sure, and mule deer hunters. But, uh, yeah, they spend a lot of time on the ground. Before we go on with this, sorry, Jim, uh, where can we find you guys online, Gordy? Huntingclub.com. Well, that makes it simple. Now, now, when you were out there, now you went out to Emory, Utah. Now, uh, did you hunt uh, coming back? Um, you know, I wanted to, but my dog was worn out. Ah. <laughs> I always say that. No, the dog was fine. It was <laughs> gory. I was fine, but the dog was tired. <laughs> yeah. but no, I did not, because I, I had to get back here, because we got a magazine going out. Um, but I hunted three full days out there. Wow. We were hunting in the mountains at about 10,000 feet. Dang. And let me tell you, it was a workout. Now, if you had to pick, let, let's talk about pheasants for just a second. We're going to have Bob St. Pierre on, too, here in a minute. But three states that you would go to for pheasant hunting this year, what would your, your top number three one, states be? Number one, two, and three. Uh, number one this year would be South Dakota. The numbers mm-hmm. are pretty good. They were good last year, and indications are that the numbers are going to be good again this year. So South Dakota is top of my list. Um, probably North Dakota would be number oh. two. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you know, the numbers are down in Iowa a little bit. I would have to say either Nebraska or Kansas for number three. I, I didn't really like the way that panned out. I wanted Kansas. <laughs> we'll have to see what Bob says. You know, <laughs> yeah. Bob. If he like, agrees with you, then big problem. Then we have big I'll problems with you and I Bob. I know that South Dakota will be in there somewhere. No. Cause... South Dakota is always the best, hands yeah, down. Yeah, the thing is, don't they release like a million birds? I know they they do a lot of that, especially the put and take operations. There's a lot of that, but. For the most part, it's it's a wild population there. I've always been told that they release one bird for every dollar in our deficit in uh, <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> so that's why. I mean, they're just sixteen trillion. They are just inundated with birds, Gordy. Now they probably got more pheasants than they got people out there. I'm sure they do. <laughs> one day the birds are going to start eating the people. I know well, it's, it's going to really, happen. Really funny you mention that. Could happen. I was I was hunting with uh, with R and R up there uh, just outside of. Um, can't think of the name of the little town, but nevertheless, uh, Seneca. Isn't that Seneca, Seneca? That's right. Yeah, Seneca. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've been there. That's a great place. Yeah, it is. And and the thing is, pheasants were sitting on fence posts and uh, you know, like rail fences, like vultures. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I was waiting for them to attack, like the movie The Birds. <laughs> <laughs> now, the hunting club is this like the He Man Woman's Hater Club? Do do we have to like get accepted into the hunting club? Can we join? Do we get to make fun of people? Do you have to have facial hair? Um, Actually, we're very non-discriminatory. <laughs> really? Anybody can join. All you got to do is go to huntingclub.com, 
and just sign up to become a member. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Gordy Cron. Of course, he is the editor of the North American Hunter, Hunter Magazine. That was smooth, <laughs> Jim. Every, well, I think everybody's tired kicking off the show here. <laughs> hey, we are the revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks. So RamTrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com plus NBC Sports Outdoors. That's NBCSports.com forward slash outdoors. But stick around because coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Ron Spomer, old Spominator. Uh, right here on the Rev. But uh, Mr. Gordy, man, as always, buddy, thank you so much. Good talking to you guys. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we've got Mark with the mailbag. Don't fight it. You know you love it. It's the Revolution Mailbag that's brought to you by Ram. Well, Jim and Trav sparked a heated debate last week about what's more annoying, Trav's obsession with sweet tea and facial hair or Jim's wardrobe. And here's the results. The Revolution Mailbag. D-topping writes, there is no debate because there's nothing like hair on your lip to make you feel like a man. And I have discovered that most manly things start with the letter S. The first and most important being, one, stash, two, steak, three, sweat, four, Sports, five, swearing, six, swords, seven, scratching, and coming in at number eight, spitting. Whitey Epp claims that a mustache is great when you have a runny nose in the wintertime because the slop catches in the hair, freezes, and stays out of your mouth. Ugh, but you guys rock and keep it up. Miranda Rockford says, my boyfriend has a beard and it acts as a natural filter to filter out coffee grounds, sawdust, dead bugs, and any type of debris that he might pick up throughout his day. So I think beards are cool and Trav, it takes a real man to recognize quality facial hair. So good job. Deborah Bass sides with Jim. She says, what's so wrong with wanting to dress tastefully, Trav? I think Jim looks nice while you look unkept. Snip, snip. It's time for a trim, Trav. It's on, baby! Ian Loungekin writes, bearded ladies are the hottest. And honestly, only commies don't like sweet tea. A seasonal mustache grower says, oh no, I too am obsessed with facial hair. And I've been told that apparently I dress like Jim. And wouldn't you know it, I just made a fresh pot of sweet tea. Elise Taylor emails, Haven't you ever noticed that in times of crisis, people always flock to a bearded person? Trav's onto something here. Single and Sad writes, It seems like any girl I take a remote interest in turns out to be dating some dude with a beard. Well, I'm thirsty now. Where's the sweet tea? And finally, Selena Gonzalez says, Trav's infatuation with beards and tea is too cute. And Jim's choice in fashion is endearing. You guys crack me up and Please don't change. You guys are the only real thing on the radio anymore. Well, thanks a lot, everyone, for your input. It would appear that Trav won, but who's really counting anyways? Remember to hit us up at radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com if you want your words heard. See ya! It's time to fight fire with steel. To answer the battle cry for better with best-in-class mileage. To advance truck technology with the available Pentastar V6, 8-speed transmission, and aerodynamic grill shutters that respond, react, and help conserve fuel at highway speeds. The new 2013 Ram 1500 with best-in-class fuel economy and backed by a 5-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Engineered to move heaven and earth. Guts. Glory. Ram. 
Standard pickup class EPA estimated 17 city, 20 combined, 25 highway MPG based on Ram V6 4x2. Actual results may vary. Excludes hybrid models. See dealer for copy of the powertrain limited warranty. Ram and Pentastar registered trademarks of Chrysler Group, LLC. Every weekend morning, make NBC Sports Outdoors your destination for the best fishing shows and most respected anglers around. Got them! Beginning every Saturday and Sunday morning at 7 on the NBC Sports Network. High Mountain Seasonings. Turn your fish and game from ordinary to extraordinary. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. It's sending a transmission of some kind. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Why can't I hear myself? Now I can. Ah, that's better. So who is the genius that decided to make uh, hot tea in the coffee pot this morning? <laughs> that was me. Next time you do that, will you just put like a little post-it note on it? Like, <laughs> this is not coffee for those people that like to drink coffee sometimes in the morning. Occasionally I do. And I and I was all excited. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a cup of coffee this morning. And I went and poured it and I drank it. And it was tea. Tea. I like tea. So I like weak sweet coffee, tea. Really. Not what? It's weak coffee. How could tea be weak coffee? Well, think about it. That's like saying <laughs> water is just clear oil. It's not even. <laughs> all right, it's not even. Where close. are we going with this? <laughs> so uh, we're talking about upland hunting on today's show, and it's hard to believe it's already that time of year. But um, we thought we'd uh, take a, a brief moment here to go over gun safety. It's a good okay. thing to do. A lot okay. of people out in the woods, in the uh-huh. fields, so on and so forth. I think it's a good thing. But here's the deal: a little twist. I'm going to quiz you because okay. you don't pay attention to much of anything. I can't afford to. No. Hey, hey, so now, now, here, uh, now here's the thing: you got to remember, I did not take hunter safety. Well, because you're too old to. That's true. Right? That's You're kind of grandfathered in. I, well, we don't have you, to do that. Well, I'm a grandfather. So legally, so I'm more qualified than you are to go hunting. That is debatable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank, you ready? All right, Frank's ready. Let's play it. Rule number one. All guns are always loaded. All right, first thing, what would she say? All guns are loaded. All guns are always loaded. All guns are loaded. The second time was better. Thank you for that. I heard you the first time. All right, Frank, go on. Rule number two, never let the muzzle cover anything that you are not willing to destroy. Second thing, you just have to be aware of where you're pointing your gun. That's what she said. Verbatim almost. Maybe verbatim almost. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost verbatim. This is an exacting science. All right, Frank, roll it, man. Rule number three. Keep your finger off your trigger until your sights are on target. All right, third question, what you say? Do not put your finger on the trigger. All right, uh, fourth and final thing, Frank, go on. Rule number four, be sure of your target. Be sure that your target is something that needs to be addressed with your firearm and its projectile. And also be sure of what's around your target, what is behind your targets, bullets sometimes pass through, and be sure of what's between you and your target. Did you listen? Yes, I Are did. Are you going to pass what you and say? finally she said, be sure of your target. There you go, bingo. That's what she said. Ding, ding, ding. Jim wins um, nothing. Another cup of hot tea. Another cup of hot tea that I don't want. So anyways, we are talking about upland hunting on today's show, and the phone lines are open. I'm a little upset. It's yeah. <laughs> 785-846-7647. Yeah, so are you a dog whisperer, Jim? Uh-oh. A horse whisperer, a dragon master, or a pheasant master, Jimmy? Well, dogs bite me. Dogs hate you. Horses I cannot ride. 
No, not at all. I like burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are talking about upland hunting right now. We are being joined by Mr. Ron Spalmer. Now, Ron, does that sound familiar at all to you, buddy? The Pheasant Master Park. I like that. <laughs> I know. Everybody talks about the big three, okay, Ron? You got uh, Kansas, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Now, you know, the experts, you know, people of Pheasants Forever, I call them experts, right? They're saying, like, uh, North Dakota, Iowa, and Minnesota, uh, hunters can expect uh, bird numbers to be uh, greatly improved over the past years. But, you know, that landscape is greatly changing. A lot of, you know, farmers are going to row crops due to price of commodities anymore, people losing CRP. Those states are going to be good. Now, when it comes to the big three, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, with the drought that we've been having, how do you think hunters are going to fare this year, Ron? Boy, you know, it's really up in the air with this drought. I mean, that just changes everything. And I yeah. would be, before I go anywhere, I'm going to be calling around to find out what those drought conditions are like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the further north you go, the better it is. Yeah, uh, so definitely. I can understand why they're crowing about North Dakota. It's had mild winters lately, so that oh, yeah. goes over a pretty good number of birds. And if they got a little bit of moisture, gosh, you could have some outstanding hunting up there. But if I were just throwing a dice right now without even doing any research, I think South Dakota would probably pan out. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, when they talk about upland game hunting, Ron, how many different species of birds are they talking about? Oh, gosh. We've got at least uh, five grouse, six quail, chuckers, gray partridges, pheasants. We've got a lot of birds. Now, um, I want to get back to habitat for just a second. I mean, pheasants are f- extremely resilient birds. I mean, everything everybody we were talking about, um, in climate weather, where there's drought, poor winters, predators, hunting pressure. I mean, these birds, they fare pretty well through everything that is happening, Ron. Do you really think that we need to be concerned about um, improving habitat, um, joining forces with pheasants forever, stuff like this? Is this something that's that that's necessary? Do you think yeah, that it's... Absolutely. Is it really? Oh, yes, critical. You know, back in the 40s, 50s, we, we had pheasants all over because of the the way the habitat was and mm-hmm. farming. And as we got into those 1970s, Earl Butts was a secretary of agriculture, and he urged everybody to farm fence line to fence line. Mm-hmm. When you lose your grass habitat that the birds nest in, you're going to lose your birds. Yeah. You also have to have winter habitat to carry them through those hard winters. You're right, they're a darn tough bird, and they'll bounce back. But habitat is everything. Yeah. And we found that out during the CRP years. When that stuff started in 1985, mm-hmm. by 88, 89, we were really starting to see the pheasants come back. And you know what it was like through the 90s and the tw- and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. We had pheasants like we had back in the 40s and even the 50s. And you question what it's going to be like in, in five, six, seven, ten years uh, due to how much CRPs uh, are losing to be cut through the farm bill. You know, that exactly hasn't gone through yet. But, I mean, I, we're looking at a great downturn if things don't turn around. Yeah, we sure are. And it's both sad and frightening, and we are going to have to do our darndest to fight it. How many pheasants do you hide in your hat, Ron? <laughs> I don't hide them in my hat. I hide them in my game bag. <laughs> hey, speaking of game bags, now, you know, we've got side-by-sides over and under and, um, and semi-autos. Which do you prefer? Gosh, guys, I really love them all. I've got over-unders. I have a side-by-side that I dearly love. and I've started liking auto loaders more and more here in my old age. I never used to shoot them, but <laughs> golly, I've got a little Frankie um, <laughs> AL-48. 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It only weighs five and a half pounds in a 20 oh. Dragging around, especially at my age, and dragging around an eight to ten pound shotgun just doesn't turn me on anymore. <laughs> now, if you hit the gym like Jimbo does, oh, you know, time. religiously seven days a week, you don't have to worry about that, Ron. It's usually with yeah, my Chevy. I, I, I hit the gym once and he hit me back. So I quit that. <laughs> now, Ron, if we want to find out more about you, uh, you you're a prolific writer, uh, television host. You do a little bit of you're everything. an author. Yeah, you also do the Travelocity commercials. He poses the gnome. Um, where can we find you on gnome? Where can we find you online, buddy? Look for RonFulmerOutdoors.com and on YouTube. I've got a channel called Ron Fulmer Outdoors. Uh, a lot of little videos and how-to things in there, both on biology and wildlife as well as equipment and gear. You bet. Hey, that was Ron Swomer. He's a great author, great guy. And uh, check him out at ronswomeroutdoors.com. That's right. We are the revolution. We are brought to you by Ram Trucks. Ramtrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com. And High Mountain Seasonings, that is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com plus Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Mr. Ron, as always, buddy, uh, thanks so much, man. Thank you, boy. Hey, stay tuned, because coming up next is going to be Bob St. Pierre with Bezos Forever. As we continue our quest in upland hunting, it is Bob St. Pierre. Bob St. Pierre. (laughs) Coming up next. I'm going to do that. (laughs) I hope he likes it. You did it in the promo. All right, Bob St. Pierre coming up next. Stick around. The Revolution. Black Cloud FS Steel with 40% flight stopper shot mixed with premium steel. Federal Premium has created the perfect storm. Black Cloud FS Steel. There's a storm on the horizon. This is George Thornton with the National Wild Turkey Federation. And if you're looking for great hunting, you'll find it in Kansas. You may already know about the great pheasant hunting here. But did you know Kansas is also a great place for quail, deer, geese, and my personal favorite, the wild turkey? Learn more about turkey hunting in Kansas at www.travelks.com. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. The Ruger American Rifle, an American legend is born. The Ruger American Rifle is a 100% American-made firearm that offers outstanding performance at a great price. It features power bedding integral bedding blocks for outstanding accuracy. A Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger for a crisp and user-adjustable 3-5 to pound trigger pull. A flush fit 4-round rotary magazine for smooth and reliable feeding. And a 3-lug bolt with 70-degree throw for ample scope clearance and fast follow-up shots. The Ruger American Rifle, another American-made product from Ruger. All right, are we ready? This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Uh, the quail and dove, it's great to have a dog along with you. Um, what they'll do, a dog, a, a well-trained dog will search out and point when they get to a cubby, and you walk up and you shoot, and hopefully you knock a quail down, and the dog goes and retrieves it and brings it back to you, and then you do the whole process again. For dove hunting, it's a little different. You'll have a retriever, a dog that retrieves for you, who sits next to you, and as you shoot the dove and they fall, your dog will go and pick up that dove and bring it back to you. I can't do that either. You can't get a drink? I can't. No. You cannot drink after me. I, you put back more than you take. You've always done that. <laughs> that is true. I do that to you all the time. Yeah. Um, you and your... I'm still upset over the whole coffee bit. Anyways, all right. <laughs> that was last week. That is... No, that wasn't. <laughs> it seems like it was last week. It's been going out for so long. I talked about it like 10 minutes ago with you. 
Um, that is how a true hunting dog is supposed to work. <laughs> how many how many hunting dogs have you bought with the intent of training them? You know, I mean, you call it a hunting dog. It's a pup when you buy it. It's bred for being a hunting dog, right? No, and it's it, bred for laying down and just eating. Well, how many puppies have you purchased in the past with the intent on training them to make them a successful hunting dog? At least six. How many panned out? Uh, zero. And why do you think that is? Me. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the cold, hard truth. I fall in the exact same boat as you. I'm just not disciplined enough to train a good hunting dog. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. My dog bites me for a forced break. <laughs> it's like force fetch, but reverse roll. That's right. Yeah. Hey, that works He just me. bites me so hard yeah. on my arm. <laughs> kind of cool. So does your wife. Um, hey, we are talking about Upland. That's very true. Uh, we are talking about Upland Hunting on today's show. Phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. Before the break, Jimmy. We heard from old Ron Spomer, the Spominator there Spominator. In, Idaho, in Idaho. Spomer. Great, uh, great writer, great hunter. Yeah, great guy. Right now, though, we are being joined by the uh, vice president of marketing for Quail Forever and Pheasants Forever. And who Bob is it? Bob St. Pierre. Bob St. Pierre. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob, welcome to the show, buddy. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. There's fireworks going off in my office right now. I'm ready to jump through a flaming ring of fire. I've never had an introduction like that before, but I'm keyed up. I'm jacked up. I'm ready to talk hunting. He is ready to do this. Okay, now, conducting a quail survey, is this technical? Can anybody do this? Do you have to have a degree, sir, to do this? Or more than <laughs> 10 t- fingers and toes. Conducting a quail survey, huh? So are we, uh, are, do we have our Irish setter boots on or our Danner <laughs> boots on with our favorite shotgun in hand? Or are we talking about uh, uh, scientific research of quail surveys here? Well, let's go scientific first, and then let's go the, the fun route next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's that. You know, the scientists, the biologists out there that work for our state agencies, you know, they do this every year. They they do whistle counts in the mm-hmm. spring, and they get a sense of, you know, based on um, what that same area has generated in, ter- yeah. in terms of counts one year, how that matches up with this year. And, you know, when you look across the landscape this year, we've been uh, hammered by a drought. Oh, big time. flash there for you. Yeah, I didn't know that. (laughs) No. When we talk about, uh, you know, pheasants and quail, uh, the drought, particularly across the Great Plains, has just put a hammer down on the habitat, which is both of the species we care a lot about. So things have been tough out there for us. Yeah. Well, now the thing is, they do the the very same thing for uh, for pheasants. They do a crow count in the spring, right? Do a crow count in the spring, and then they do something a little bit more telling is the August roadside count. So the crow count helps you determine how the carryover was from uh, the winter into the spring. Yeah. So that's important just from adult birds' perspective. But what really tells you how many birds are going to be out there when we when we do lace up those hunting boots and put the shells in the shotgun are the roadside counts because that's a better indication of how successful the reproduction was during the springtime. Well, yeah, just to show our, to explain to our listeners how detrimental this drought has been, uh, last year 475,000 birds or roosters were harvested here in Kansas uh, statewide, and when they did the spring uh, crow count, the index, uh, it was down 50%. 50% Holy in God. Kansas. And I stole that right off your website, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Kansas has been hit as hard or if not 
the most hard of any state because yeah. uh, you know you guys have had a drought for two years running in Kansas. I think about 150 years actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want well, to be technical? I mean, and the pictures we're seeing, uh, uh, it's you know, terrible. Uh, it looks like the Dust Bowl. Yeah, and it really is. It, it's a combination of the drought and the loss of CRP. As of mm-hmm. as of the end of September, nationwide, we lost 6.5 million acres ah, of CRP wow. that came out That's under horrible. out of contract. Yeah, everybody drive their tractors to Washington D.C. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, and bring our blaze orange and uh, get these guys to put a farm bill together. It's it's a it's an absolute travesty that our our U.S. Congress could not put a farm bill in place. So we've got landowners out there um, that are ready to sign up on con- in conservation programs, protect habitat, and they have their hands tied because Congress wouldn't act and put a farm bill in place. It's just a travesty. There's nothing to sign. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's absolutely no language available for them no. to sign into CRP right now. Yeah. I've got language for them, though. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of four-letter words. <laughs> hey, hey, Bob, uh, now, this fall, give us the number one state that you would go to for pheasants and quail. Oh, wow. Well, the number one state for pheasants uh, is always going to be uh, South, the South Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, you know, shut they, up. They, they're the pheasant capital, and they've earned that for a reason. Historically, I would have said, you know, Kansas is Thank my number you. two destination. This year, I, I'm going to tell you North Dakota. Um, really? It, it, when I'm talking quail, nah. uh, it, it, you know, it's hard not to say Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas has, there are still some pockets for sure in Kansas mm-hmm. for quail, Um you know, it, it's neat about Kansas is on a typical year, non-drought year with good habitat, you know, they, it's a number two state in the country for pheasants, number two state in the country for quail. You put that together and it's a darn good mixed bag state. Yeah. yeah. By taking away our number two, you just number two'd on our state. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, Bob. There was no offense intended. <laughs> Which brings us back to... I'm trying um... to save the birds for the local folks. <laughs> All right, so Bob, if we want to find out more about Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, uh, where can we find you guys online? Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever. That's where you got to go. These people do great things. They're trying to work with Washington. They want people there. I say we have to plow under the whole city, put it into (laughs) CRP, have good hunting there. What do you think, Bob? I'll, I'll have my shotgun ready, and we can, uh, we can legally put a blaze orange vest on and go flush a roost. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'll meet you at the Washington Monument. <laughs> well, hey, we're the revolution. We are brought to you, proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com and NRA Blog at NRAblog.com. Mr. Bob, as always, buddy, you're so informational. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time, and uh, get out there and have a good season. Hey, coming up next, we've got uh, Tim Brand with Federal Ammunition. Federal Premium Ammunition. Thanks. Ammunition. A bunch. Ammunition. Ammunition. Same beer. Sorry I was talking of you. Yeah. Uh, Tim Brand, he's coming up next. Okay. Hey, more revolution coming up. If you want to be part of the show, hit up Jim and Trav at radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Are you looking for a new pair of binoculars that you can count on? Check out the new Zeiss Conquest HD, a revolution in design, ergonomics, and optics. The all-new HD lens system offers clear and crisp images with true brilliant colors and are covered by Zeiss's five-year no-fault policy. Check out Zeiss.com sports for more information.
When it comes to camping, I like to relax, but I was getting stressed about camp cooking. Then I discovered the Camp Chef Portable Outdoor Oven. This junior-sized oven works with a small propane bottle and is perfect for family camping trips with a matchless ignition, heating up to 400 degrees, and space to put a 9 by 13 inch pan. I can cook cinnamon rolls for breakfast, casseroles for dinner, and pie for dessert. Look for the Portable Outdoor Oven at a store near you or online at campchef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 20 jerky-making kits, 13 snacking stick flavors, and 13 varieties of sausage-making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Let's get this going. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. And Bob is so full of it. North Dakota is better than us. I don't know. Frank, have you got that? Listen to this. Historically, I would have said, you know, Kansas is Thank my number you. two destination. This year, I'm going to tell you North Dakota. So number one, South Dakota. Number two, North Dakota. Historically, he would have picked a sec. Oh, he's a historian now. <laughs> Historically, I would have picked... He just said that to kiss butt. <laughs> They're this terrible. I feel. Can I feel, you say that? I feel slighted by Bob. <laughs> Bob slighted us, Jimmy. I know it. I know it. We'll but have it. him back because we love him. Yeah, we love Bob. We, we, yeah, he, he's entertaining. Bob's the best. Not great on facts, but no, he's not great at facts at all. <laughs> he's unfactual. Who's coming up next? <laughs> right, we got Tim Brandt. Uh, he's with Federal Premium Ammunition. Tim, what do you think about that that crap that Bob pulled? Huh? You've been to Kansas, man. We're better. We're better in North Dakota. What do you think, Tim? You know what? Unfortunately, I haven't been to Kansas, and I'm going to have to defer to my friend Bob St. Pierre because if there's anyone that knows pheasants, Bob, Anthony, and the rest of the crew over there, those guys, they know their stuff. They got people in the field. So I'm, I'm going to talk ammo and let them handle the birds. You know, they're our friends right right across the city here, and we love them. We're getting, we're getting ready to uh, celebrate some pretty exciting things with them uh, in the next six months or so. But uh, if they said it, it's uh, gospel. <laughs> yeah. right, so, Amen. New loads for 2012, all right? Upland season's really starting to kick off. Waterfowl season is You were well. just out there. You were just out. What are some new loads you're, you're using out there, buddy? Yeah, one of the newer things we've got is Prairie Storm. We've had it out for a couple years. We have it in lead and yeah. steel options. It's it's very popular for pheasant hunting. It's nice. gives you some, some better patterns at longer ranges. I was actually just out in Utah. And, of course, as, as happens, we get busy. And I knew we were going to the hills to chase some grouse. But yeah. uh, when we got there, they informed me that the hills we were going to be, quote, climbing – would be uh, about twice as high as where I was goat hunting. So, oh, jeez. <laughs> for grouse? Yes, yeah, this flatlander <laughs> forgot his oxygen, but after after we made it up, we even managed to find a, a few blue grouse, and you know, I've grown up rough grouse hunting my entire life. It's a passion of mine, just a, a blue-collar guy beating the woods, uh, trying to find a, a few grouse here and there, but we got up into the blues, and one thing that people don't know about mm-hmm. blue grouse is they're actually pretty big and pretty strong flyers. So what I like to do is I like to use a load that's popular in the pheasant field. So like our Prairie Storm two and three quarter inch uh, lead shot in, oh, wow. in number five or number six. Mm-hmm. Six is probably about right because there there are can be some close shots, but for those longer distances, they get out on those ridges and they set their wings and soar, and uh, they're they're challenging. But it was a lot of fun out there. We got into some rough grouse too, and one of the things one of the loads I like to use for our rough grouse is our 
Quail Forever load. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit slower. It's in a, a seven and a half in twelve gauge, and mm-hmm. a, in twenty gauge, it's number eight. I find some of those a little bit slower shells. They're more pleasant to shoot, and they're a lot nicer on the, on smaller game like the rough grouse, who don't tend to be quite as strong flyers. Yeah. Now, in your Prairie Storm, does it only come in fives and sixes, or you can get it in uh, seven and halves and eights? Um, you can get it in four, fives, and sixes in Prairie Storm lead. And then we've got our Pheasants Forever loads that have been on the market for quite a while. They don't have the flight control wad, and that's where you can get into the seven and a half shot, but it's still fast. It's 1,500 feet per second Dang. in the 12 gauge. So, I like that flight control wad, another, though. Yeah. Now, real quick before we go on with this, uh, Tim, where can we find you guys online? Go to www.federalpremium.com, and as I've talked about before with you guys, we've got a great load recommendation tool. All our shot shells, all our rifle ammo is right there. Um, the press of a few buttons, our mobile sites up and running, and, and really fast, really easy to find what you need. Now, now the thing is, when you're out there, do you now do you shoot with a semi-auto or an over and under or what? You know, I was just gonna. Uh, circle back on that because I know there's a few purists out there saying, how can you be talking about 12 and 20 gauge for upland hunting? (laughs) I know there's some sub-gauge guys that love the 410 and the 28 gauge, and one day when I learn how to shoot, I might bring one of those guns. (laughs) But I am a guy that that prefers a semi-auto. I know there's some really nice side-by-sides and over-unders out there, but uh, me and my my friends here in Minnesota and uh, out in Utah, we used our our favorite semi autos, the Benellis. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the thing is, would you, in fact, when you're up there hunting, now you you sometimes you had some fairly close shots, but then you had some longer ones. Yeah. Would you load up with say maybe a six first, you know, to where that that would be in the chamber, and then your next load would be a five? Would you yeah, mix absolutely. it up? Absolutely. And what what we were doing up there is. I was opting for, in most bluegrass country, I was going with the seven and a half fast mm-hmm. load and yeah. then backing it up with two sixes in our Magnum uh, Prairie Storm load. So just for the shots that would probably be out there. And of course, uh, we like people that shoot like me and we usually let people know or let the birds know where we are with the first <laughs> shot and then knock them down on the second or the third. <laughs> yeah, warning shots. You know, you get what out. A wonderful guy. You get out there, guys, and it's very clear that nobody knows or understands shot size. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. because it seems like everybody, you just grab a box of shells, you head out there in the woods or the fields, you start shooting things up. People need to start paying more attention to this, don't they, Tim? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I was as guilty as the next person, and I, I got a job here at Federal, and obviously I was very excited. And we went out in the rough grouse woods, and uh, I got our seven and a half shot at 1,500 feet per second. I was wow. pumped up. I was ready. <laughs> and then a grouse flushed at five yards and I shot and I think I found a part of a wing and part of a breast. You know? So but it's something that, you know, when you don't have experience with or, or the knowledge, it's, it's, there's nothing, it's not the people's fault. So we're out there uh, trying to, to educate people. And, and this, this hunt out in Utah was a, was a good education too. I think some guys, when they heard we were hunting grouse and they saw some of the Magnum loads that I had there, <laughs> uh, they were kind of like, really, do we need those? But when we got out in the woods and uh, up in the hills, in the mountains, I should say, uh, they were appreciative of the, those for the longer shots. Now, if we hop on you guys' website there, Federal, is that a resource we can go to to learn more about this and to educate ourselves? Because I think this is very important. It's, you know, it's one thing hanging around your buddies and talking about it. Or, or calling up Tim. Yeah, I'd call up Tim, too. But, you know, you never want to – you feel like a fool sometimes when you don't know and you've been out there hunting your whole life. You'd rather go home in the privacy of your own home and kind of read and educate yourself. And lick your wounds. And Yeah. <laughs> can we find that type of information on you guys' website? Absolutely. We've got it all 
charts, tables, if you're into that sort of thing. Otherwise, quick paragraphs that'll that'll help you uh, figure it out and sound better around the campfire. Yeah, and actually, when you're when you're looking up and and trying to find out information, your computer doesn't laugh at you, does it? Uh, no, because if if it did, mine would be laughing quite a bit because people see the logo on my on my shirt. But uh, I still have quite a few lessons to learn in the ammunition game. One more time, check them out online. Google them. Uh, you find them on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter. You got to check out Federal Premium Ammunition. Wonderful stuff. Well, hey, we are the Revolution. We are brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition. Got to hop online, check them out at federalpremium.com. Also, Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Bound C. Seasonings. That is HIMTNJerky.com and NRA blog at NRAblog.com. And how about NBC Sports Outdoors? That's NBC Sports.com forward slash outdoors. But Tim, man, uh, it's been great having you on, uh, even though you agreed with Bob yeah. over us. That yeah. was BS. Anyways, though, greatly appreciate it, man. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks, guys. All right, hey, stick around, though. Coming up next, we got Scott Carlson with Carlson's Choke Tubes. Going to be good right after this. Thank you. Bye. I love you, Jimmy. Want to be part of the revolution? Hit up Jim and Trav at radio at outdoortrailsnetwork.com. Hunters, stop climbing ladders and hunting out of boxes. Nature Blinds has created an extremely realistic tree you can comfortably hide inside at ground level, and they last forever. Learn more at natureblinds.com. Who's watching your home when you're not there? It could be a burglar. Burglars prefer to break in when they think no one is home, and no one will stop them. Don't be an easy target for intruders. Protect your home with a free security system monitored by ADT, the leader in home security. Pick up your phone right now and get free hardware, free medical and fire alert, and free activation. It's an $850 value. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer, at 1-866-669-8954. You'll get 24-hour protection, and there's no cost for parts or activation. Call now about a free security system monitored by ADT. Call 1-866-669-8954. $99 installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35.99 per month. Call for terms and conditions to this offer and protect your home license numbers. Call now, 1-866-669-8954. That's 1-866-669-8954. It's showtime. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Okay, people, back to work. Shall we begin? What the heck you got in your hand? Did you see that? I dug that out. Piece of my toenail over the break. I got, oh, I don't know where it went. It's on the floor. I got I to gotta save that. Holy cow. Anyway, I get bad ingrown toenails. We're actually like a piece of my toenail. It's about uh, the size off. of a, uh, a Jack Russell Terrier pup. It's about three-eighths of an inch long and a quarter inch wide, and it starts growing. It's growing out the end of my toe. I freaking thing hurt like crazy. Anyways, Go to an airport that's a uh, lethal weapon. You know, if I can take my shoe off fast enough, seriously, I could do some damage. <laughs> I could stop some people. Okay? Uh, we are talking about upland hunting on today's show, not my feet. Do you notice we do a lot on uh, the condition of your body? Oh, I'm in poor condition. Cold the other day. <laughs> we got this. I'm still getting over that snaggle tooth toe. Snaggle tooth toe. I like that. Adds an element of uh, nastiness to it. <laughs> oh, we are talking about upland hunting, though, and the phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. Yeah, in the beginning of the show, uh, we heard from Gordy Crod, yeah, uh, North American Hunting Club, and then old uh, uh, Ron, Ron Spomer. Spomer. Yeah. At, uh, is it Spomer Outdoors? <laughs> Ron Spomer Ron Outdoors. Ron Spomer Outdoors, yeah. Bob St. Pierre. Yeah. Pheasants Forever. Forever. Quail Forever. All of the above. 
And then uh, just recently, Tim Brand with Federal Ammunition. Yeah, Tim Brand before the break. But now we are turning our attention to Top Off. This is the wrap-up this top is of the show. This time for you. You got your toe in your hand? <laughs> got my toe in my hand. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Scott Carlson, he just phoned us, and uh, he's with Carlson's Choke Tubes. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Good, guys. Good to talk to you. Uh, you know, before the break, we had Tim Brandt on. He's talking about that new load they just uh, brought out, Prairie Storm. Now, it's on you guys' website. Got to hop on and check it out at ChokeTube.com. You guys uh, just came out with a brand-new Choke Tube for this uh, Prairie Storm. Kind of tell us about this. Yeah, we what we do with these chokes, it doesn't matter with our steel shot chokes, our, our lead chokes, or yeah. like an upland choke like Prairie Storm, we pattern these chokes, each constriction with the load that the manufacturer has out. So in this case, Federal has a Prairie Storm load out, and the constrictions that we found to shoot this load the best is kind of a neat, two neat constrictions. One is a light modified, which patterns yeah. very well, and then an improved modified, which is about 10,000 tighter. And those are two chokes that most guys don't have in their gamut of choke tubes. So mm-hmm. it, it was kind of neat to find that those were the two that actually patterned a load the best, and then we designed the Prairie Storm choke around that. Yeah, now what's the effective range on that? Uh, those two um, uh, chokes that you were just talking about? Well, you know, I don't like to advocate taking long shots. Uh-huh. You know? But if you do your homework and you pattern your shotgun and you know how it shoots at 40, if you even pattern it at 50 yards, that prairie storm, because of the Saturn ring around the pellet, I call it. I don't know mm-hmm. what Tim calls it. But <laughs> Something more scientific, I think. It's yeah, a wad cutter. <laughs> it's got terrific knockdown. So, you know, shots of 50 and 60 yards with that Dang. stuff, if you do your homework and, and know how your gun patterns, you, you can do it. I mean, I've made some good 45-yard shots uh, utilizing cow. prairie storm and the light modified choke. Mm-hmm. And the improved modified will extend your distance beyond that. So now, what's just a, a good? Let's say for a guys that are going to be setting out this fall, uh, doing some hunting. What are let's say three say pheasants? Pheasants, okay. Three, four choke tubes that we really shouldn't leave home uh, without. Scott. Especially if they're Carlson's. I, I tell you, one thing you can do with choke tubes and really improve your performance in the field. And if you think about it. Trap shooters and skeet shooters have done this for years. Yeah. Is use extended chokes. Yes. You get tighter, denser patterns with less flyers. You get less plastic buildup inside the tube, and they just work a lot better. If I was going to take three or four tubes to the field, uh, you know, an IC, a mod, and a full extended, mm-hmm. and then maybe sneak in that light modified tube. Yeah. You know, and it also depends. You know, that way, if you're hunting preserved birds, you can use an improved cylinder because your shots are all going to be within 30 yards. If you're hunting wild pheasants, you know, you can get some shots out there 35 to 45 yards, so you might need that full choke or exactly. uh, maybe even an improved modified. So th- those would be the ones that I would grab. Yeah, now the extended chokes, they help you be able to take those things out and put it back in fairly quickly, right? The convenience right? of them is yeah. just outstanding. Yeah, they cost a little more money, but yeah, the convenience of being able to get them in and out quick. The other thing with our tubes and most other aftermarket chokes that are extended, we laser the end of them. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to wonder when you grab your shotgun out of the closet and you grab it to go hunt. You can just look at the end of the tube and you know what you've got in your gun immediately. And then you can grab your other tubes to take with you also. Now, is there any like holiday specials coming up? Anything like that we can look forward to online? Uh, on our online store, there's a 10% discount. Oh, and nice. We've got some free freight on some stuff, too. So you can also... A, we make a lot of other shooting accessories. You know, we've got shotgun barrels on there, snap caps, a lot of waterfowl tubes, rifle yeah. choke tubes. So there, there's a lot of choices. 
you can get on there too. Let's say a lot of guys that don't want to, you know, some people still aren't up tech savvy, let's call it. You can uh, request a catalog too, can't you? Yep, and we also have an interchange chart. People oh, nice. confused about, you know, what their gun takes or what type of chokes are in their gun. And they can probably go to our website and figure out what they need. He was speaking to you, Jim. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Directly. <laughs> hey, we've been talking with Scott Carlson. He has Carlson Choke Tubes. Finest Choke Tube in the nation. Shooter's Choice. Right there. Check him out. Choketube.com. But, hey, we are the revolution. We are brought to you, proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks. The RamTrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com and Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Mr. Scott, as always, buddy, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, guys. Have a great week. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 408 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Maneri, Frank the Sound Guy, Gordy Cron, Ron Spomer, Bob St. Pierre, Tim Brandt, and Scott Carlson. Hey, so we are Jim and Traff. It's the ground because your local news weather. It is coming up next. Get outside this weekend. Enjoy this beautiful fall weather, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you, peeps. Bye.